And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on? Back for another all Matt episode. Yeah. Startup Hustle. Because yes. two mats is not confusing enough, we thought we would bring a third mat in. So with us today, now actually, you know what? Before we get too far in, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Now back to the mat problem that we've got here. So not only is Matt DeCourcy here, Matt Watson's here, and we have Matt Schmidt, who's the CEO and founder of PeopleLogic.ai. Matt, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to be on. I almost expected a tandem of voices in the background. So <laughs> we've we've navigated the, the triple Matt Waters actually quite a few times. Crazy. We've had it's... Matt Moody, Matt Basinger, now now Matt Schmidt, but Matt, you're the CEO and founder of PeopleLogic.ai, which is an interesting platform that's helping managers learn a lot more about teams' performances. Uh, kind of checks in on digital footprints of and provides employee recommendations and insights. It's something you've been building for a while, and probably something that has a newfound sense of importance with workforces everywhere going mobile. So I think as we get started now, I'm, I, I've known you for a little while and Watson's known you for about 10 minutes. So I think the first <laughs> thing we should probably get into is, you know, what, what's the backstory here? What's the, what is people logic and how did you come about? How did, how did you turn yourself into a founder with this product? Yeah. So, you know, it's a second time founder here. Um, and, uh, you know, we built, uh, we started building this product, uh, I guess, back in the summer of 2019, uh, after uh, building and growing my last company, D-Zone, uh, and then selling it to a private equity company. We, I saw that there was, a, you know, our company had a ton of information that we could use to, to better manage the teams just by looking at the tools that we were using every day, the cloud tools, so Slack and Gmail and Office 365 and Jira and all the tools that your that your teams use. But you know, too often we were running into to problems where you know the mistakes that we made, the missteps that we made, were all about uh, the managers not deeply understanding their teams and not having the the time and the information to be able to really be data driven about. Uh, how they were running those teams. And so after I left uh, in May of, of last year, I, I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to do something about this one. Um, and so I started to look into how we could build a tool that would help the teams, uh, the managers be able to better understand their people and set out to do just that. And so now we've 
you know, we didn't expect there to be a, a global pandemic that was going to force all these teams to to really break the whole, you know, walk around style of management where you get to know all your people and uh, see them every day. But uh, here we are. And, uh, you know, we've we've really found our way into being a tool that uh, companies are really going to need as they you know, get beyond thinking about just uh, how they're going to communicate with their teams and, and start to look at how they're going to actually manage them. So this is something that uses a whole lot of different uh, principles, we'll say. I mean, it's a software as a service product and it's heart, but you, it, it's artificial intelligence and what we could probably define as HR tech. Is that, mm -hmm. is that accurate? Yep. Yep, we're we're really applying. We we're describing it as a, an AI augmented people analytics platform. So, you know, we're not uh, trying to replace the manager with an AI. Uh, we're trying to help augment the manager with the with the information they need uh, before they actually need it. So, is is the goal to help understand if the employees are happy or if the employees are being productive or? Like what, what are, what are some well, of the, it's problems? a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both, Matt. Uh, you know, we're, we're really focused on this view that the employee experience is a combination of their engagement and their productivity. And so what we do is give the manager the recommendations and insights to, you know, one day it might be that the, that their team is, uh, you know, feeling a little burnt out. And another day, it might be that their productivity has dropped uh, from the trend line over the last uh, six weeks. Uh, and another day, it might be that the you know you as an engineering manager should really stop sending emails uh, to your team after hours because that oh, causes. Come on! I you know this data shows that increases stress. Uh, so you know I think that's the. Uh, so we're really focused on a variety of different types of recommendations uh, in the recommendation piece of the application. Um, whereas we have other pieces that are about pushing information to the team uh, in the places where they actually sit, like their email and their Slack and, and those types of things. Yeah, I, th I think that's really interesting. You talk about engagement, but one of the things that I've always struggled with the most is, is productivity. You know, especially with like software developers, like how do you know if they're getting anything accomplished, you know, and uh, if they checked in code or didn't check in code or how much code did they check in or you talk about other types of engagement, I think are good signals too. like, you know, are they in Jira? Are they updating work items in Jira? Are they using Slack? Are they talking to their coworkers? Like, I think all, you know, all that different data and all those different data points could really help tell that story to figure out if somebody's working or not working. Yeah, it's a holistic view that, that we look at from a, from engagement and not simply, you know, most companies are trying to take the view of uh, how frequently somebody is willing to take a survey, for example, to understand employee engagement. And uh, we, we don't ever send out a survey as part of PeopleLogic. There are no surveys in the application and we're measuring engagement that way. Um, but particularly with engineering teams, you're absolutely right. It, everybody's trying to measure how productive teams are, but it's not any one measure that defines productivity. Um, it's really about the, the results. And so, you know, we're trying to put together a picture of the results across 
a variety of different tools that these teams use, whether that's Jira, whether it's GitHub, whether it's, um, you know, how frequently the a particular employee's pipelines pass, right? Or how often the team itself is, uh, is deploying to production. So we're looking at all these different metrics to be able to try to to produce a view of your team um, and your team's employees so that you can uh, better understand those, the individuals. Is, is this something that's made strictly for development teams or does this apply to other types of stuff? Because as a non-technical founder, I make zero commits to GitHub every day. <laughs> so, but it's true, you know, and that's, yeah. and when I look at, you look at like, let's take an, let's take an expansive team. You might have six developers, two testers, a product manager and a technical writer, which are going to all have different things that you're going to look at to gauge their productivity. How does, I mean, so is, is people logic something that will cover all of that? And how do you look at, how do you look at employees productivity differently? Cause obviously a technical writer have different output than, than <clears throat> a, a developer. Yeah. And that's something that it's a great question and we're, it's a place we're always uh, tweaking and continuing to add to the product because it, we aren't just for developers, right? We're for any teams of any type. And part of the trick is understanding the, you know, the key performance indicators, the KPIs of these different types of teams. And so, you know, if we're connected to your sales force, we might look at uh, how your opportunities are moving through the pipeline or how many you're, you know, the leading indicator of how many leads you're creating or whether you've contacted them. If it's a customer success team, we're going to look at, uh, you know, how many tickets from certain customers are being created and then how are those being followed up through engineering. If it's a, a documentation uh, writer, maybe we're looking at, um, you know, the, the number of pages in Confluence that they're writing or, you know, different metrics, right? So it's, that's part of our reason for uh, needing to build so many integrations and to connect to so many different tools is that we need to have a really expansive view of the the way the teams do work. Yeah, I was going to say, there's got to be so much data integration of this. And, um, you know, there are other tools I've seen before that like take a screenshot of an employee's computer every minute. <laughs> and that's insanity. And not you know, popular, super creepy, popular. super creepy. Yeah. No, yeah, that's really uh, invasive. Yeah. So, you know, I think what you guys are trying to do sounds like it's more passive. Like, uh, maybe we're still reading your email. Maybe we got to track every phone call you make. You know, maybe we got to track your activity and all these different things. But it feels much less invasive. It's just kind of more silent behind the scenes. Well, it is. It is meant to be passive, but it is also not meant to be a tracking tool. Right. Let's just get that out there first and foremost, because we're not tracking it for the 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 end goal. The benefit for these teams is that their employees are are better understood by their managers. Their managers are able to have better conversations with the in the, the employees because they understand exactly how the employees are performing and they don't need to be micromanagers. Uh, and so they can go into the conversations, whether it's their one-on-ones or their staff meetings, completely prepared um, and informed. Uh, what we are, the other thing that we're, that we're looking at, so 
if you were to step back and you look at all the different tools that we're connecting to, the all of this data is already being tracked, right? Every time you interact with all of these different systems, whether it's your CRM, whether it's your JIRA, whether it's GitHub, they all have activity feeds. They all have these activity streams. What we're doing is making it easy for the manager to not have to go to multiple tools every day to be able to understand how their teams are performing. Um, we are never going to take a picture of your screen. Uh, and, you know, that's certainly one of the, the creepiest outcomes of this whole pandemic yeah. and the acceleration of that kind of tracking, right? So I, all right, I have a question. If you talk about wanting to achieve results, I think that when it comes to people's different perception of what a win is, there's a huge variable there. Some people are happy just to fix a couple bugs. Some people would be absolutely overridden with terror to see that some existed. Do you, how, how do you get around that? Is that something in your platform that's user controlled and set, or do you just start kind of tracking where or monitoring certain signals and try does your ai then at that point teach itself what a win is and what isn't well and that's a place a great question and we're you know that we're continuing to evolve as we continue to build out the platform right we're still fairly early in its evolution and so you know it's right now what you know the key metrics that are wins are defined based on the type of team that we're talking about so whether it's an engineering team or a sales team or a product team or success team the type of win is defined there um, as we enhance the platform one of the what we'll do is allow those things to first be uh, configured by the manager and then uh, based on the you know, based on how the employee likes to, to be managed and to, uh, to be kept, you know, where, what they consider the wins, right? Um, you know, I think we're, we're still pretty, we're still pretty far from being able to make that, you know, personalized each individual employee around. Here's the, here's how I like to be managed. Here's how I like to, to consider wins. Um, but that's certainly on our roadmap. I was going to, you know, I'm thinking a big struggle you guys must have is, you know, you could create the perfect tool for this for developers or salespeople, but then to try and perfect this for all these different types of employees, you know, do you go broad or do you go deep? That, that's got to be a, a weekly struggle you have to, to wrestle with. <laughs> it is. And, you know, and we're really very focused right now on, on serving the, the SMB market as well. Uh, you know, the types of high growth. Uh, smaller companies that need to move through, uh, you know, being able to scale their teams as safely as possible. And, um, you know, a big part of how we will tackle this, uh, you know, one team likes to be managed one way, one team likes to be managed another way. You know, we're what we've done there is begin to apply uh, some personality AI work from IBM Watson to try yeah, to get a sense of... <laughs> To, to try yeah, to once again, once again, Watson, you do not get royalties off of IBM's Watson. So it's named after me. I it, it is, but we fell short on negotiating those royalties. Just you as guys a quick clearly reminder. did not. Uh, you didn't get to have uh, the copyright name at the bottom of all the commercials. 
Uh, at least I get to no. eat for free. <laughs> we felt, do you? No. <laughs> do you? <laughs> okay, so Matt, everything that you have mentioned is a pretty big undertaking, and there's a whole lot of things that it's got to connect to, a whole lot of things that it's have to, it has to judge. How did you plan for getting all this started? Like, I mean, it's easy to look at some of this and say, oh, my God, there's an unbelievably large amount of things that need to be done. So what went into your plan? And and I'm going to add a second part in there. You know, what what about that plan a year later was way off? Oh, man, that's uh yeah, it's easy to say that everything was way off, given how quickly things change. But, uh, you know, I, what went into the plan, you know, I think it, we, in a lot of ways, you know, what I knew I wanted to do, I wanted to iterate to, to an MVP really quickly. And so, you know, when we really set out and started working with full scale back in August to, to scale up the team in a, in a dynamic way, um, you know, we set out with, okay, here's the set of things that we're going to do for this MVP. Uh, and for the most part, that stayed, uh, you know, stayed pretty true. Um, you know, I think some of the stuff, the biggest stuff that did not hold true was uh, probably around our specific go-to-market. So sales and marketing and the messaging and our pricing and all that kind of stuff has been super fluid. Uh, as we work to understand exactly what's going to resonate with people. Uh, and so, you know, from an engineering and product perspective, the roadmap has stayed, you know, pretty solid and, and fixed from where we had designed it. Uh, we cut a few things out of the MVP and then shipped those probably a month and a half after the, the MVP. Uh, but really the sales and marketing stuff has been the, the biggest, uh, fluid piece uh as we've tried to launch this thing and you know partly that's due to the the pandemic and launching on march 17th publicly um, <laughs> yeah like the day of the lockdown yeah so in the in the history of like really bad timing um that's uh that probably will be a winner so as you mentioned this the your application's really data centric. Has it been a challenge to get a lot of people hooked up? And thanks for the full scale mention. I know we, you know, that was certainly wasn't required. We tried to help by having some of our teams connect to the platform. But as many people know, objects that aren't in motion are sometimes difficult to get in motion. Um, I, you know, anything that is machine learning or AI driven, it's got an insatiable appetite for data and stuff. So what's it been like getting as much of that into the system as possible? Yeah, that's, it's a real chicken and the egg problem. And so, you know, we had to, it, you know, the, our biggest, the place where we've spent the most energy over the past month and a half has really been on simplifying how um how we connect people to the platform so it you know when we first connected we took a very developer-centric view that everybody would connect with api keys um that was a that was not a great choice uh, it got us off the ground and got some data connected but it made it too complicated and so you know what we learned is that the people who are trying this out originally are these 
frontline managers. And so they need an easier way to connect the tool based on the permissions that they have. And they don't need to get IT involved to, to be able to connect that. So, you know, for example, uh, you know, from the data that we learned with full scale, right, your engineering managers don't have enough access to G Suite, for example. But it's still useful to be able to connect to that so that we can get the, the data about your calendars. And so we just rolled out this morning the ability for an individual manager to try it out with, uh, without having to need all these other permissions to connect to G Suite. And we did that for Office 365. And so the more that we can make it easy to connect with a single click, the more we can capture all this data. And so, you know, we've really had to just be agile about the process uh, as we, you know, see how, where do customers stumble as they try to get started with the platform and then try to turn it around and um, change it and make it easier to use as quickly as possible. So did, did you end up having to do a bunch of integration work that's just using people's logins? You're doing like screen scraping and stuff like that? No, it's all using the public APIs for all this stuff. So everything is uh, is public APIs. It's all by the book. There's no uh, nothing that's you know requires us to to re like rely on how the the screens look. Because um, I've been in that world before. That's a that's a really complicated place to live. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned the the issues of API keys and stuff and. You know, at the end of the day, it may be a lot easier to say, okay, what's your login to uh, Salesforce or whatever it is, and then doing screen scraping, but I've been there too. You know, one of the things that, and I've spent, I, I get into modes where I become hypercentric on certain parts of e-commerce or startups and entrepreneurship, and and this month's version has been user experience and product management. And I've been reading a book called Hooked, which is about creating, uh, well, it's about creating habit-forming products. And it I, about a third of the book is nothing but advice on how to shorten your amount of time to get users to adopt anything. Less, less stuff. Uh, you know, you, and then you have to overcome other things too. Like you mentioned, uh, people, you, a Facebook login might seem like a great idea and a shortcut. And then you have people that don't trust Facebook or people that don't trust Google, or now you need to have six different things connected and doing a whole lot of different stuff. So I, I, I hope that your efforts remain valiant there. It is, uh, probably something that's never done now when you switch to the more of that kind of single sign-on type login, sign-up or connection, did you see user adoption increase dramatically? Well, we just rolled that out last week. So, you know, I think the biggest, you know, with any new tool, right, the biggest uh, challenge is just feeding more people into the top of the funnel. And so, you know, the right now, a lot of our focus, it's two-prong. One is how do we make it so that the service itself, when people are visiting the website, has enough critical mass that people flow through the funnel to uh, to sign up and that they feel that the service is trustworthy because they're we're asking them to give us data to their business to the or give us access to their business data, right? And so there's a certain amount of trust that they need to feel with our company for them to want to connect these tools. And that's where, 
you know, that leads to the second part, which is how do we just make it easier and faster for people to get insights out of the platform with as few permissions as possible? Because the moment you sort of pop up this big, scary dialogue about, you know, I'm going to need admin access for every user to your, and we're going to read all your email. Well, that's, you lose then, right? And so, you know, you're, you're absolutely right about, you know, this, this experience that customers have to go through when they're, uh, when they're experiencing a new tool. And we're, that's really our biggest focus right now is just on making sure, you know, we create a great experience to the platform. And uh, hopefully with that, then that's going to increase dramatically the, the way that people use the platform. Well, and the, the word experience is really the, the key there and applies to anybody who has a software as a service product, right? It's like, if I, if I go sign up for your tool today, as fast as possible, you've got to give me an experience that I learned something new about my employees, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll spend a few minutes, I, gotta, I can connect this app, I connect this data source, I connect to Pindo, Natero, Jira, whatever, right? And then I got to get an experience that shows me value, right? And and that's the challenge you have is like, okay, how do we get all this data? How do we crunch it? How do I get, you know, how do I give, you know, valuable insights to my customers as fast as possible with as little work as possible from them, right? Yeah. Like that's always the challenge with software like this. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, and it, to give you an example of a conversation that we had internally is, you know, what comes first, the integration or the employees? Right. So, you know, you need both, mm-hmm. but where, you know, you can see basic insights about yourself based on your own data if you connect. So, you know, we just said, okay, for the moment, we're going to push the connect a new integration as the first step. And then it will tell you that we've identified some other employees from this data. And so, you know, then you can go in and add those employees. But that's, you know, the, the real trick is, you know, what is the right order of things to connect? Because you could connect your Slack first, but the Slack is only useful if there's data that exists in the platform for you to talk to our insights bot, yeah. right? Or to get recommendations. And so it's really, it's a constant evolution of trying to understand exactly what it is that needs to come first and what's the right order for, you know, second, third, fourth, and fifth, so that we get the the right set of insights for the for your managers it's it's easy i want all of the information with no effort immediately <laughs> so yeah that's the norm though i mean according to the book that i just mentioned i mean that's pretty much if you look at all of the most successful software platforms out there they have like no steps yeah, it's about like, yeah, and that's the whole thing is, is it, from Twitter to Facebook, all of them, as you talk about how easy is it to sign up? How easy is it, is it to do something that gives you some kind of result, a reward, or gives you a, a, a reason to continue doing anything? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the problem. And we all talk about dropping stuff into the top of the funnel, but if there's a giant board across the top of the funnel, nothing's going to fall into it. And, you know, the question is, is like, are you just drilling holes in it? So now some of the stuff gets into the funnel or what can you do to get the damn thing off? And that's, I think in this day and age, anything that connects to anything else always brings up trust issues. And, you know, you talk about that chicken and egg problem. I mean, that's something that, that goes a long way. Now, 
we were talking earlier about your planning and the way you looked at that. Did you overestimate or underestimate the world's trust issues with connecting to stuff? Yeah, that's a, an interesting one. You know, during some of our early MVP feedback, you know, there was certainly that trust element was, um, was certainly present. I think, you know, coming from a developer world, I'm used to, uh, skepticism and and doubt and lack of trust from uh, in you know we at D Zone we really you know we targeted developers for you know to sell them additional developer related tools and developer and we sold our own developer community as well so it you know trust has to be earned it's not easily given and so you know I probably under estimated how challenging that was going to be um, because it's even more no matter what you think about how hard it's going to be to to gain that trust it's it's harder than that so um, you know because it become you're not you it, we are not the system of record for most of this data we may be the system of record for the the people intelligence the people analytics uh, but we're not the the system of record for all this other stuff. And so we need to, you know, we have to look at it from, okay, how do we only capture exactly what we need? How do we make sure that it's encrypted end to end? How do we make sure that even when we've captured it, it's encrypted? Um, and then make sure that our team has very limited controls and or very limited access uh, and tons of controls around who can see it. So it's a, it has been a, you know, more interesting challenge than I probably would have given credit for at the beginning, um, since I just presume that most companies gave more access than, than they tend to. So you mentioned having a prior, having prior experience as a founder, you had an exit, start something new. Throughout both processes, like what, what are a few things that you've learned that transformed you as a leader, a professional, or a person? Because yeah, I see this over and over again as entrepreneurs, we continue to sign up to do it again <laughs> and do it again. And it's, it's that glutton for punishment in some regards, but you know, what did you learn from venture one to venture two? Um, all of it. How's, how has this changed you? Yeah. You know, along the way, you know, there's a couple of things, you know, so along the way, I think, you get an appreciation for having great people in your corner and having a, a great team. And that's something that I didn't necessarily learn until much later in the first venture. Um, but in this, you know, in this venture, you know, starting from the beginning, you know, hiring people that are better than me at the things that I know I'm not very good at. Right. Uh, I think most entrepreneurs like to think that they're, uh, you know, perfect at everything and can solve all the problems. But um, I think that's the biggest thing that I learned along the way is that, you know, you got to be able to hire a great team and let them run and, and go do the things that you know, you're not, uh, not great at. Um, I think the other thing that I learned going through an exit is you need to put the jelly beans down. Um, otherwise, you wind up with an extra 30 pounds uh, when you're selling your company. So <laughs> that's uh, those are harder to get off the older you get 
I'm going to need you to expand on that one a little more. <laughs> so at our, uh, at our last company, my, my co-founder had the, just a bowl of jelly beans, uh, in his office. And, um, you know, we'd come in for meetings and, uh, I have a real sweet tooth. I'm unable to just put that down. And so I would just munch on jelly beans every time we had a meeting and these were starburst flavored jelly beans. So they were, you know, you did not want to, you did not want to put them down. And, uh, all throughout our meetings and our calls as we were selling the company, I would just, uh, I was real glutton for punishment on those. Um, and that showed that showed in the pictures at the end of the deal uh, that that took a little while to get to get rid of. There, there you go, listeners. You heard it here first. On your way to the exit, do not eat too many jelly beans because you will look fat. <laughs> I, I had a different theory. Like before I got married, I decided I was going to get really fat because those <laughs> pictures hang on your walls. They're around everywhere and no, and people are going to see them forever. So people see that and then they see you after and they say, man, you sure look like you've lost a lot of weight. Like <laughs> you look like you're in great shape. Are you getting younger? So there is, a, there is a psychology to that. Uh, my, my current wife did not really agree with that approach, but it's working <laughs> for me. So, um, well, good news for, for both Matts. Uh, because we have three people today, that means that we can play mixtape. Yay! <laughs> so we'll have the all Matt version. The Matt Bowl is now. Um, and Mr. Schmidt, if you've not played mixtape the game before, you're about to be fully immersed. This is a, a, a fully immersive society here on Startup Hustle. So... I'm going to read a scenario and we are all going to name a song that comes to mind. We will vote. You may not vote for yourself and then we'll have a winner. I figured since today's uh, episode was about employee happiness, this next card will that I pulled from the mixtape deck has a lot of significance. The song that plays while you're righteously quitting a job and throwing a cheeseburger at your shitty boss. I mean, really, there's only one answer to this. Is it take this job and shove it? I thought it was fuck you by CeeLo Green. <laughs> Except for that was banned from play oh, <laughs> 200 episodes ago. <laughs> the, unfortunately, Matt, it's the skeleton key. It works for every mixtape card. I know, damn it. Uh, you know, you could go with, uh, yeah, it's definitely got to be something from Office Space. You're That's... Take this job and shove it could be a good one, or uh, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's the winner. Are you right not even? I quit. Are you not even? You're not even submitting a song, Watson. <laughs> I quit. He wins. My God, lay it down. I, I can't. That that means that Matt Schmidt is the winner. Yeah. Because I can't Woo! vote for non-entry. Yes. <laughs> My. Anyway, the winner of this round of Mixtape the Game, which, by the way, the app is available on iOS and Android devices. So, once again, with us today, CEO and founder of PeopleLogic.ai, Matt Schmidt, out of lovely Durham, North Carolina. Many refer to that as the Research Triangle. There you go, dropping my regional knowledge today. Why is it the Research Triangle? Matt, why is it the Research Triangle? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think uh, the original roots are because of the, uh, we have three different uh, research universities here. And uh, I guess in some 
really strange form. It, it does line up if you drew lines between them uh, to make a triangle. I think the important thing to remember for those listening in North Carolina is that Kansas University is still the basketball team, despite <laughs> our loaning you Roy Williams. So, sorry, I couldn't help myself there. <laughs> All right, so a couple, couple, couple more questions as we come to the thrilling conclusion of yet another episode of Start a Puzzle in which Matt Watson did not win mixtape. So oh, man. Matt Schmidt, what is a, what do you consider a win at your business right now? Like what's something that at the end of the day or the week or the month or the sprint or whatever, what's a win for you right now? You know, we're still in that phase where every time somebody signs up, uh, even for our free trials that we're, you know, we're celebrating those. Um, so, you know, Every day we see one of the we get a we get a Slack message when that happens and our uh, our VP of growth, uh, you know, built a little bit of marketing automation. We get a picture of a dancing cat uh, every time we get a, a new trial sign up. So that's that's our little uh, internal win. Um, you know, aside from that, it's really, you know, how do we. Uh, you know, what are the types of uh, or. You know, it's really about, you know, did we get the the features that changed the experience for the customer? And did we push those out to production? Um, and, you know, we push to production a couple of times a week uh, as we, you know, get new features built from the team. And so that's, you know, did we get the features out that, that change how customers interact with the platform? And did we get new people to sign up? Those are the things that we count as wins. Okay, I've got a new addendum that comes with winning mixtape. I have some alternate questions trying to improve and expand our, our knowledge of our guests. So if you were trapped on an island and you could only listen to one album, what would it be? Hmm. Trapped on an island and could only listen to one album. Yeah, and don't hit me with some stupid shit like your Walkman's going to run out of batteries or anything like that. Because you just have eternal power, but you only it, have one. You have one album, and that's the only thing you're going to get on this island. Hmm. And I only get the what one. About you, what about you, Watson? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. That's a really, that's a really tough one. I, you know, one of my, I could only have one. Hmm. I'll go with 40 ounces to freedom by sublime as I, as I wait for your answers. Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, um, one of the old albums from Everclear. Just any of them. I can't remember the name of it. that i was just looking through my my spotify here I, you know it, it uh it's a tough question it's a tough question a tough if, you could, it, if you could pick four or five it's pretty easy to rattle yeah. some off but if you yeah, only get it, one yeah if you only got one that uh i only had one there was You're gonna a run out of time and no, we're gonna I got it. You know what, so I think if i only if i only had one i think it's uh 
It's Wildflowers by Tom Petty. That's not. A, that's a good All choice, right. actually. I could, yeah, I could probably live with that too. Yeah, that, that thought, got a lot of that got a lot of play from me back in the day, and I just realized yeah. I don't. I haven't listened to that for a while. Yeah, so. it's a one-off solo album, but it's a. Yeah, there's some unique stuff on there, and if you're stuck on an island, it's a nice mix. That was actually that was actually the Tom Petty album that kind of got me back into Tom Petty. And that's kind of where he kind of turned. I think that's where he differentiated himself from being in like Tom Petty, like the heartbreakers to being yep. who he became. So, all right. Now we, and, and once again with us today, Matt, Matt Schmidt, CEO, founder, peoplelogic.ai. Go check out what they're doing. Before we do the founders freestyle, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. We end our episodes of Startup Hustle when given the opportunity by doing the Founders Freestyle. And Matt, you will be first up. You can, we often breeze by certain things. You can use this time to resolve anything we've missed, pitch your product, give advice, really anything. It's a freestyle. You can rap, you can sing Tom Petty's Wildflowers if you want. <laughs> oh, man. I, I've enjoyed being on here, guys. This is fantastic. And uh, no, it's. Uh, you know, I think the big thing is just, uh, you know, we're always looking for, for people to, to come and, you know, whether you want to come work for the team, you know, we're always looking for great people to join. We're also looking for, um, you know, companies that want to change how they uh, manage their teams and how they can get to better understand their people. So, you know, reach out, Matt at peoplelogic.ai, Twitter, uh, reach out to us, LinkedIn. Uh, we're here to to help your teams grow faster and with less risks. So um, we really appreciate you guys being on here. Mr. Watson. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, this is so interesting that you launched your product uh, right in the middle or right really like the, the first week of a pandemic lockdown. So, um, but what's cool is I think you've built something that can help remote teams. So um I'm, I'm guessing you would have wished you'd have like six more months to prepare though. But so it'd be really interesting to see how this uh, plays out. And um, I, I think it's definitely a tool I'd like to try at StackFi and see uh, how it could help us. Maybe we can do a little trade. You guys can use StackFi and we'll, we'll try your guys' product out. So I love a little good, I love a little horse trading during the founders freestyle. I like it. <laughs> I, I think overall, I think that the world is, going to embrace some pretty massive changes when it comes to remote teams. You're seeing a company after company saying, yeah, we're not going back to the office. Uh, that presents a whole, as someone that employs a couple hundred remote people, there's a whole different approach and just all of it. And in the end, at Fullscale, we talk about being client obsessed and yes, we want to be obsessed with our client's success, but that's as much for the employee as it is for the client. Because when people feel like they're being productive, they're winning, they're getting things done, they're doing stuff that matters, they're happier. They're happier. And the, uh, there's a direct correlation to that and living what many call a purpose-driven life. And you know, Matt, I've had the opportunity to get to know you over the last year and I, I've watched and, and, you know, somewhat regularly checked in as far as how the progress goes. I know that it's always a challenge starting something new. 
um, I think that you probably have a big opportunity here to see your business grow pretty quickly. Um, you know, the, with that, anytime you want to look at people, they, people, people complain. Uh, I don't think pe people don't like feeling like they're under the microscope. So I wish you the best of luck in, in dealing with that part of people. Uh, I think in the end, quarantine's taught me one thing. I'm okay not being around people every day. So <laughs> anything, anything that can, that can uh, keep me connected, keep things productive. And, you know, it's, I'm a big advocate. Uh, you, if your employees and the people that make it happen for you are miserable, then you're not going to have employees and people that make it happen for you for too long. So I wish you the best of luck. And, uh, and this brings the, the wait, does, did Schmidt win the Matt bowl by winning mixtape? Is that how that works? He is the better Matt. Yes. <laughs> so thankfully, and it, it was all because of Matt. Yeah. Today's episode of startup hustle was, was this, was as successful as it was. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks guys. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do.